guys having a good time? Yeah. Good, good. Hopefully we can keep that going as we get into the, the word. Uh, I really enjoy sharing this on our first service and looking forward to sharing it again for you all. Um, this is about to be a big year for all of us. Uh, it is going to be a, a testing year. Um, and if you guys remember school, uh, testing was a, uh, didn't really, was, was good news if you were prepared. If you were prepared, uh, testing is a good thing because we can't advance and without, without tests. You know, we go from one grade to the next via test. Test is only a bad word if you're not prepared. And I believe this is going to be a testing year. And I think whether that's good or bad is going to be determined on how prepared we are. And my prayer is that this year uh, the Lord just prepares us for all that's ahead. Um, but uh, I'm excited. I really do believe it's going to be a great year because we're going to be prepared. Not just because it's going to be a good year, but because we're going to be prepared for what's coming ahead. So before we take uh, any further, uh, before we go any further into the message, I would like to start off with just our pre-word declaration. We like to do this before we get into the word of God prepare our hearts and our minds. So repeat these words after me. Say, the word of God is the bread of life. May my heart conceive it and my life achieve it. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so we just wrapped up the holiday season, Christmas, and uh, we celebrated Jesus. And a lot of the context that we talked about Jesus was uh, him as a baby, you know, a baby in a manger. And then, you know, of Easter, we're talking about him as the sacrificial lamb and the risen king. We talk about Jesus as shepherd. We talk about him as teacher, as friend, as healer. And all of these things are true. But there's a facet of Jesus that I want to talk about that, that maybe isn't talked about as much. Um, and I was, as I was preparing and asking the Lord, what, what he wanted me to share with you all for this year, um, I got pointed to a part of Jesus that I want to talk about today, and that's him as a harvester. Jesus is a harvester. In addition to all the other hats that he wears, one of them is harvester, in particular, a wheat harvester. There's a passage where John the Baptist talks about Jesus before he comes onto the scene, and he describes, describes him in a very interesting way, and I really hadn't noticed it that much in my times in the past of reading the Bible, but it's just sticking out so strong to me in the past couple of months, and, and uh, I want to share it with you guys. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, uh, John the Baptist says this about Jesus. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Uh, Jesus is described by John the Baptist as a winnower cleaning the threshing floor clearing the threshing floor. Now, this analogy only makes sense if you understand what he's talking about. And if you're anything like me, I didn't grow up in a barn, so I don't really know a lot of the terminology when it comes to harvesting and, and wheat and winnowing and chaff and all these things. So I just want to kind of share it with you in case you're like me. 
Um, in the time period of Jesus, wheat was harvested by a very specific process. The wheat was first found in stalks covered in husk and shaft, and that's a layer of material that's not edible. We don't use that part to make the bread that we use uh, that, and that we make from the wheat. Um, the harvester would drop all of these stalks of wheat on what they call the threshing floor. And then usually cattle would come along and trample on these stalks of wheat to loosen the wheat, the part that we want, the part that we make bread with, from the chaff, from the stalks, from the husk, and things that we throw away. Um, then the harvester would take his winnowing fork or a fan, and then he would take the loosened wheat that was just trampled on on the threshing floor, and he'll toss it in the air very lightly. And what happens is he utilizes the natural winds that are in the air. And it's something very important happens when he tosses it up in the air. When he tosses the wheat up in the air, the wind blows away something called the chaff. And the chaff are the inedible parts that are on wheat. And in order for the harvest to be pure and for it to be true, the chaff has to be blown away. Uh, the winnowing process works so well because chaff happens to be very loose and very light and is easily blown away by wind. But wheat is a little bit weightier and it can withstand the wind that blows away the chaff. When the wind is finished blowing, all that's left is the actual grain, and that is the harvest that Jesus is collecting. So this is a process that he's going through. It's happening right now, and it's important for us to understand this process so we can find ourselves uh, amongst the wheat and not amongst the chaff. So the theme for 2022 is withstanding the wind. Withstanding the wind is the theme for 2022. In order for us to be gathered with Jesus on that awesome day when he comes back, we must withstand the necessary winds that are designed to blow away the chaff from Jesus' harvest. I say necessary winds because though these winds can be challenging and though they're even threatening, they are very useful to the process um, that Jesus is doing with, when it comes to winnowing. The wind actually helps Jesus, and we're going to talk about how that happens because it can be a little bit confusing. Uh, Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22, verse 31 through 32. You guys good? Okay. Um, this is what it says that Jesus says. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Jesus gives us great insight in this passage on Satan's plans. And that is that he actually wants to sift us as wheat and get us to blow away from the harvest that Jesus is separating for himself. And the kicker is, and what might be very surprising to, to us and something that we might not even really like, is that Jesus allows this to happen. Um, and I want to talk about why. Satan wants as many of us to be sifted out of the wheat that Jesus is gathering at the end. 
And while Jesus wants there to be as much wheat as possible in the end, Satan wants there to be as much chaff as possible. There's something that I've learned about people, or I'll just say something about Satan. Satan has no hope. Satan knows that his destiny is hell. He knows that he is going to be tossed away and burnt up. And I've learned that when you don't have hope and you've given up any scenario of things getting better, the next best thing you look for is at least to go down with company. If I'm going to go down, at least I want to go down with company. And this is, we see this happen with people, but it really originated with Satan. Satan knows he's going down, and his only consolation is that he can take as many people with him. So we've got Satan that wants as much chaff as possible to get blown away because that's where he knows he's going. And then we've got Jesus that wants to harvest as much grain as possible, and we have what we call a war. A war between light and darkness for us. We're the treasure on both ends. Satan wants us to be blown away like chaff so we can have a destiny with him being burnt up. And the God wants us with grain with him so we can be with the Father in this amazing harvest at the end. The winnowing wind, the wind that the Lord uses or the harvester uses when he's winnowing the wheat, separating the chaff from the wheat. Uh, it's very important. The wind is actually very valuable for two reasons. Winnowing wind equals two things, separation and revelation. Both of these are beneficial to Jesus' harvesting process. For Jesus to be described as a man holding a winnowing fan, he apparently wants to separate for the same reason why a harvester wants to separate. Grain harvesters want to separate for one big reason, and that's separating what is edible from what is inedible. That's the separation that the wind provides for the grain, separating what is inedible, which is the chaff, from the edible, which is the wheat. Jesus wants to separate, but he's separating from what pleases the Father to what doesn't. I don't know if you guys realize that, but Jesus is responsible for bringing the harvest back to his father. And he wants the harvest to only be what pleases his father. So therefore, everything that doesn't please his father is the chaff that the wind needs to blow away. And when the wind blows, it allows this separation to happen. The second thing that the wind does, it's revelation. It reveals what the harvest actually is. So often we can see... Well, I, was, I gave an example this morning. Have you guys ever uh, stepped on a scale and weighed yourself and you had like a whole bunch of clothes on? And you're like, this isn't even the accurate number because I got all these clothes. I got these boots on. I got this hat on. I got this scarf on. So what do we often do? We take off our hat and we take off whatever we need to to make sure that it's an accurate number because, God forbid, we give a number for our weight that represents weight that's not even really ours. Well, the same thing happens for the, the, the harvest that Jesus is, is collecting. He doesn't want to go, man, I've got this huge pile of harvest, this amazing harvest, and 30% of it is chaff. That we call those fillers, almost like when you're eating the crab cake and there's no crab in it and it's all fillers. It's like, where is the crab? Like, we, the Lord wants to make sure he knows what actually is his grain, opposed to what's a lot of fillers. 
And the wind comes in handy in that way because it blows away the riffraff. It blows away the chaff. It blows away the extra coats that aren't even really what the weight actually is. And it leaves only the pure grain that he can use in the future. Jesus gives the grain to the wind even though he knows the wind challenges the grain. I want to talk about the fact that even though the wind blows away the chaff, the grain still feels the wind. Just because your grain doesn't mean you're not feeling the wind. Both the, both the grain, the wheat, the wheat, I should say, both the wheat and the chaff feel the wind. The only difference is that the wind blows the chaff away and the grain is able to endure it. And a lot of times we as believers can get kind of upset at the level of wind that the Lord allows us to experience. When we see Luke, when we see that uh, Jesus said that Satan is asking to sift Peter as wheat, um, it's kind of challenging to know that the Lord actually allows the enemy to try because the wind is what tries us. And the wind does either two things. It blows us away or it proves that we are grain and we can endure it. And this is the logic of Jesus. And you, you might not like it, um, but my prayer is as a believer, you will at least appreciate it and value it as counsel for your life. This is, the, this is the logic of Jesus. This is why he uh, is allowing and permitting of certain winds to hit our lives. His logic is if, if it's real grain, then there is a built-in weight that the wind cannot blow away. This is why Jesus is able to allow us to go through the winds that we experience on a day-to-day -day basis because just like the harvester knows, if it's actually grain, it won't blow away because he knows what's in grain, and grain has an amount of weight that's able to withstand the winds that flow in the air. This is why, this is why God allowed wind to hit Job. Some of you guys might be familiar with the man Job. It was a very similar story where Satan went to God and said, hey, I want to test him. And the Lord said, go ahead. Why? Because I know that Job is faithful. I know that Job is loyal. I know that Job, no matter what hits him, basically that man is wheat. And even though you hit him with wheat, I mean, with wind, I know that he's still going to stand. He is not going to blow away. And we see in the story that the Lord allowed Job to go through a lot of crazy winds. And it wasn't the cruelty of God, but it was the faith of God in what Job was. And he knew that this is a man, because he's genuine and sincere wheat, and he's not a fair weather fan, and he's not going to run away when things aren't going his way, he is going to still follow me. And sure enough, we see that God was right. The same happens with Peter. Satan asked God, can I sift Peter like wheat? And Jesus, notice he didn't say no. In the passage, can you go back to Luke chapter 22? He says, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you 
that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Guys, the winnower is not someone that will protect you from the wind. He does not say, I'm stopping the wind. He says, I'm going to put something in them that's going to be able to withstand the wind. And a lot of us need to understand this because we can get confused. We think that life with Jesus means that there shouldn't be winds. But the Lord allows it because if he put, if you've actually accepted him and his word is active in your life, he knows that you will be able to withstand any wind that comes. And we see that he did it with Job. He did it with Peter. He did it with Paul. Remember Paul, Lord, take away this storm. He says, my grace is sufficient, a.k.a. you can take it because I know what I put in you. I've put my grace in you. I've put my spirit in you. I have put a loyalty in you, a conviction in you that regardless of what winds come, you're going to still end up in my harvest. God was confident that these men would prove to be actual grain, actual wheat, and therefore withstand the sifting winds that Satan sent. God was right in all these, all these cases. And my prayer is that he's right with us and that as he prays and as he intercedes and as he strengthens us and as he gives us his word and teaches us how to endure the winds of our day, we're going to be able to endure it and find ourselves not blown away like so many others. Guys, did you know that the Bible prophesies that many are going to fall away? Many are going to fall away, not because they don't want God, not because they don't believe in God, but the Bible says there's going to be People tossed and fro from every wind of doctrine. We are in a time where there are various winds. And if you're not rooted in what is written in the word, you will find yourself like so many chaff. And that is being blown away. And I don't want that for Nashville life. I don't want that for anybody here. I don't want that for anybody in the world. So I'm trying to do my best. I'm asking you all to join me. In abiding in the word of God, abiding in the teachings of Jesus, abiding in what it's written, because that is the only thing that's going to build us up and allow us to, to endure these windy times. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, 25 through 27. It says, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for her, that he, talking about Christ, might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. There's a lot of different various analogies about what Jesus is doing. This describes him as uh, a groom uh, cleansing and preparing his bride for, for amazing matrimony. Um, the example that we're focusing on this year is him as a winnower, preparing the grain, getting rid of all of the, the chaff and the, the spots and the blemishes and all the things that aren't edible, all the things that aren't pleasing to the Father, leaving something pure, leaving something that is whole, Something that is real. The scripture to husband gives us insights to the role of Christ to us. The word trains us. 
Can everyone say the word train? I like the word train because it puts a connotation that I think is very healthy for a believer. Anyone who's been through any kind of physical training or even uh, mental training with, when it comes to studying, you know that it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a pressuring process. But the pressuring develops something pretty amazing. The word trains us on how to withstand the wind, making us secure in our, well, making us a part of the secure portion of Jesus' harvest. The word provides roots that will keep us steady in the winds that God is allowing. The word will reveal in us the parts of us that need to be blown away. There are parts of us, guys, that please God, and there are parts of us that don't. And if you are truly in the harvest that Jesus is providing, you're going to allow yourself to go through the process that's going to sanctify you and set you apart from the chaff. The word gives us the strength and even the desire to do this. We are going to cover this year, in 2022, my plan is we're going to cover a different form of wind each month. Each month, we're going to ask the Lord to prepare us for the winds that are in the air. The Bible says that Satan is the prince of the air. And there's a lot of things flowing in the air around us. And if we aren't prepared for it, and if we're not learning how to withstand it via Jesus' teachings, we'll be vulnerable like so much of the others out here that are going to be blown away by every wind that's flowing. Some of the things we're going to cover is the wind of fear. Fear is flowing in the air. The wind of tribalism, when you choose tribe over truth. As long as you got enough people around you that say this is right, no matter what the Bible says, you go, that's right. Not because the Bible says it, but because you have enough people around you that says it. That's tribalism. We've got to be careful. There's a lot of that flowing around. The winds of offense. Jesus says that it's impossible. We cannot go through this world and not experience some level of offense. But if we don't go to the word of learning how to deal with that offense, we'll let that offense drive us away like chaff. The winds of fatigue. Some people are tired of doing the right thing. I know you don't think it's possible, but you can actually get weary in doing the right thing. Maybe you're not seeing the payoff that you feel like you should see. Or maybe it's lonely because everyone around you is doing a different thing. And it's, you, it's causing you all these problems. Guys, seems like the more obedient I am, the more problems I have. It's, it's rough. And you can get tired. You can get fatigued. And that's a, that, that wind, there's a lot of people who've been serving God for years and throwing in the towel because they're fatigued. These are winds that are happening that if we aren't prepared, we will not withstand it and we'll find ourselves being tossed like so many. The Bible says that many will be deceived. That actually translates as the majority. It's actually, it's about to be wild. It's about to be wild in these streets, I'm telling you. It's about to be wild. And if we aren't rooted and know what the Bible says, and, again, and, and, and let me make it clear, guys. When I say the word of God, yes, I believe in the rhema word of God. I know that God speaks. I know he does. He speaks to all of us. That's how we get saved. That's how we respond. 
but I feel a great need in 2022 to reemphasize the written word of God. And the reason why is because if we, not every spirit is the Holy Spirit. I'll say that. And a lot of times, if we aren't rooted in what is written, we'll find ourselves vulnerable to various voices in the spirit. And just because we're hearing it, we go, this is what God is saying. But the Bible instructs us to test the spirit. We have to test everything. And the way we test it is not by your gift of discernment. Some of you are putting way too much confidence on your ability to see. We do not test the spirit by our spirit of discernment. That's, you can't test the spirit with the spirit. You can't test. We're all confused. The way we test it is by what it is, what is written. That is where, because there's a lot of voices that go in my head, guys. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of things that I hear from time to time, a lot of things I feel. And what has kept me accurate and narrow and straight and forward is because I go, what does the Bible say? Guys, this year I have talked to more people than I care to admit that have talked to me what the Spirit is saying to them. And then I bring them written scripture, and it's the exact opposite of the voice that they heard. And I'm so grateful for those opportunities because I get to share with them, this is what the Bible is for. It keeps you anchored in the winds that are happening. There's a lot. It's a windy time today, guys. We're in a windy time. And the written word of God will keep you anchored. And the beautiful thing about it is, is even if you do sway, if you're true grain, if you're a true son, if you're a true daughter of God, you know how to come back. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what something that I overlooked in Luke 22. I'm going to use that scripture one more time. Luke 22, 31 through 32. I already read it, but I'm going to read it again. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And the next part, Jesus says, and when you have returned to me, you cannot return without leaving. Jesus wrote this, said this right before he said Jesus, right before he said, Peter, you're about to deny me three times. And he knew that Peter would deny him, but he also knew, he also knew that that is my disciple. And even though he's going to lose his mind for a few minutes, because he's actual grain, he will be back. He says, when you return, strengthen your, he already gave him his ministry. When you return, you're going to strengthen your brethren. You're going to strengthen other people who are being tossed to and fro with all the different winds of doctrine. The wind that Peter got was the wind of uh, fear. I mean, he had a few of them. But when he denied Jesus, guys, that was at a time where it was very unpopular to know Jesus. And Guys, as Americans, we need to really be careful because we can kind of think that we're stronger than we actually are. Guys, so much of our life, it doesn't cost us very much here to know Jesus. And here we are thinking we're just strong, but let a day come where you might lose your job, 
because you believe in Jesus. Let a day come where you might lose your family because you love Jesus. Let the day come where you might lose your best friend because you love Jesus. And that will be the win that will test if you truly are as strong <laughs> as you think you are. Because we read Peter, we're like, oh, man, Peter, what a what a idiot. You know, he's so, he's so weak. Oh, my gosh, he couldn't even stand for Jesus. I stand for Jesus. Well, yeah, of course, you live in America. Like, so for some people, to be American is to be Christian. It doesn't cost us that much. So all I'm saying, I'm not saying pray for it not to be, you know, I'm not saying pray that we, where it does get to that point, but I'm saying, like, don't be arrogant, you know? Like, don't, don't assume that you're stronger than you, you actually are because the wins, the wins is what test it. Just start living your life because I'm realizing, too, that we, we think just because we're not being put in prison for following Jesus that we're, like, coasting. But what I'm seeing that people aren't prepared for is losing a best friend or a relationship or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a certain status in your friend group. And we're not being put in prison, but we're, we're, we're having to be isolated the more and more we choose Jesus. And if you don't have preparation for the wind of tribalism, you'll choose your tribe over truth. The winds I want to talk about in January is the wind of abandonment. Abandonment is running rapid in the air. It's in the air. People are experiencing in their families there are more and more kids being abandoned by, by fathers. People are abandoning their spouses. They're abandoning their vows. They're abandoning their commitments. They're not honoring their word. They're saying, I'll do one thing and do something totally different. There's a lot of abandonment flowing in the air. And if I pass the mic around right now, all of us would have a story of how we've been on the receiving end of abandonment. All of us would have at least one story of how we were left high and dry, cut off, totally cut off, totally rejected, and it hurts. I have my list as well. And I say that with a smile, but I know it hurts. It still hurts for a lot of us. And we come to Jesus for healing, and we want healing. And the Lord is a healer, but he has a process. And a lot of us are still under the belief that healing from abandonment means the person that abandoned me comes back. Healing from rejection, someone who rejected me has to now accept me. Then I'll be healed. The person that wronged me, once they apologize, then I'll be healed. The person that ran out on me, once they come back through the doors, then I'll be healed. And we don't realize it, but we're, we're subscribing to a healing where our healing is subjected to somebody else's decisions. And that's not freedom, that's slavery. If you can't be healed unless somebody else does something, you are still a slave. And basically, you're at the mercies of someone who might not even know Jesus. They're probably not even thinking about you. Literally, not even thinking about you. And you're waiting for something to happen so you can be healed. Thank you, Jesus, that he has provided a way of healing to where I can be healed regardless. 
If a person never apologizes, if they never say I'm coming back, if they never say I want to make things right, I can be as whole as if they never hurt me. And that happens through a way that you're probably not going to be as excited about. And that is, well, I'll say this. There's not a single thing that a person has done to me that I haven't already done to God before. Putting down that victim card and realizing that you are guilty of some of the same things, of not even more than what you're upset about, is not a hard, uh, not an easy process, but it's the only process that works. But God has never abandoned man. If you read the Bible, you will see that man abandoned God. It was God that said, where are you guys? We used to walk every day. Where are you? I haven't received healing until I repented from the abandonment that I've actually inflicted, first and foremost, on God. The Bible says that when we sin, we sin against God and God alone. We think that we're hurting each other. We're hurting him. We think we're sinning against our our spouse or our, our parents, but we're sinning against God. Once we stop making it so horizontal and start getting vertical, that's when the healing truly starts. We're too busy looking for healing on a lateral, horizontal way, but the Lord goes, that's not going to happen until the Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek, pray, seek my face, the same face that you abandoned, start to seeking it, start to seek it, turn from your wicked ways, then healing will come. Notice it didn't say anything about anybody else doing anything. Healing comes from you realizing what you have done against God. And as you repent, healing will come not because that person reconciled with you or that person made things right, but because you made things right with the sins that you've done towards the Lord. Again, I told you all, you probably won't like the answer. Because it gives you responsibility that many of us still aren't willing to take. Victimization keeps you from being responsible for anything. As long as you're the victim, you don't have to do anything. It's all about what somebody else does. But the Lord is calling us to be the head and not the tail. He's calling us to be above and not beneath. He's calling us to be victors. And we have to do that through Jesus. So we're going to talk about how to avoid the winds of abandonment in January. And we're going to do that by stop abandoning God. We're going to do that by turning back to God things that we have taken for ourselves. Things that we, the Lord, just, just so you guys know, I'm about to close out. But the human race was created under God's authority. And we were called to manage the whole world. The Bible says subdue the whole earth. That was man's original assignment. I'm cool with I'm cool with God created us to worship. It feels nice. Biblically, God created us to subdue and to manage. If you look in scripture, if you look at the intent, God says mankind manage and subdue the world. We have a responsibility that a lot of us have not even been known to. And it's like, yes, 
worship, but what does worship mean? Do I believe that the Lord created us to sing songs to him? No. I do believe he loves it, but I don't believe that's the root of why we were created. We were created to manage the world under his authority. But what happened is we abandoned God, but we still signed up to be managers. So now we're managing things on our own authority and on the authority of the enemy. We're self-governing. We're, 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 we're rebels managing what God called us to steward. So we still have things under our care, but we're no longer under the authority of God. And that's, man, that's, that's humanity today. We're still managing things, but we're managing outside the authority of God. So to, the way to avoid the winds of abandonment, we're going to talk about it all this week, all this month, I'm sorry, is to turn back to God, to acknowledge him again, to acknowledge him more. A lot of you guys are really trying to conquer, you know, managing God, acknowledging God in the mornings, and that's cool. But there's also the afternoon, and there's also night. <laughs> And the Lord wants us to learn how to give all of our day to God. And he'll teach you. What about work? He'll teach you how to acknowledge him even at work. What about my kids? He will teach you how to acknowledge him with your kids. What about all my responsibilities? He will teach you how to acknowledge him even on a 4 o'clock p.m. rush hour. He will teach you how to acknowledge him in how many of your ways? Proverbs says acknowledge him in all your ways, not just in your morning devotional for 30 minutes with your Jesus Calling book. He, he, and I love Jesus Calling, but Lord, God forbid, that's the only time that we acknowledge God is during our Jesus Calling 15 minutes before work. The Lord wants to train us and teach us how to stop abandoning him in our time, in our talent, in our treasure. There's so many things that we are thinking that God has nothing to do with. The Lord goes, you, you need to bring that back to me. Bring that back to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the same number, guys. I'm telling you. Yes, I'm preaching, but I need to learn how to do this better myself. So this month, we are going to go and learn on how to avoid this wind of abandonment and just turn back to God. And I know that can sound like just a general statement, but if you, if you actually assessed your life, if you actually did a scan and an inventory of how much of your life is actually done with the intentional acknowledgement of God and how you make your decisions, of how you treat people, of how you manage your money, of how you manage your giftings, of how you manage your day, I think we'd be surprised. God wouldn't be because he sees it, but he wants us to see it. So I'm going to end with this passage and then we'll be done. Are you guys okay? All right. Psalm chapter 1. It's four verses. I'm going to end with this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night, not just the mornings, but night too. He shall be like a tree. And this is what I'm praying for Nashville Life. This is what I believe that God is calling us to be in the midst of this tornado of a time. He says he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And guys, check this out. It says whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so. Basically, not so much on the ungodly. 
Not so much, but they are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You know when you discover a word for the first time and you hear it everywhere now, all of a sudden, like, there's a word for that. What is that? There's a word for, like, you, like, like, I remember when I got a Jeep or got a car, like, all of a sudden I saw that car everywhere and I was moving to Australia. All of a sudden I hear, it's a, there's a word for it. I forget. But anyway, once I start talking about chaff, I start, it's everywhere. Like, it's all through scripture. There's so many references to wheat and chaff. And I'm like, man, now that my eyes are keen to it, I'm seeing the Lord is trying to, t- he's trying to talk to us through his word. Through his word. He goes, chaff is what the wind drives away. And my prayer for 2022 is that we will, the wind will prove that we are grain and wheat and we're not chaff. My prayer is that this entire church and all who are going to come during this year will abide in the word of God so that, not if, but when the wind comes, because it's actually blowing now, like it's even blowing in this room, like the winds of the world are everywhere, but the beautiful thing is that for wheat, the wind will prove that we are actually wheat. So stick around, stay planted. Get rooted in the word, which means actually doing what it says. Reading is cool, but the Lord makes it very clear. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to do it. So though I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're listening, don't let it stop here. Get in the word and start acting it out, and you will see those roots form, and you will see them grow deep. And when the winds get... And the wind gets super strong, all of a sudden you'll still see yourself, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to speak doom, but you'll see buddies blow away. Because the Bible says it's happening many. If, if the Bible says many are blowing, are going to fall away, chances are some of them will be in your friend group. Chances are some of them might be in your family. Chances are some of them will be people that you know. If many, then, I, and I'm, I'm telling you that not just so that you can form your own roots, Form your own roots. Form your own roots. And the Bible says the beautiful thing about that is, he says, when you return, he said to Peter, strengthen your brethren. For all you know, you need to stick around so that you can have the strength to pull them back. I wish there was more of that. I'm like, pull them back. Some 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 of us have friends who are just lost it. Pull them back. Pull them back. Speak to them. Call them. All right. I want to pray. And uh, happy 2022, guys. Um, I really do believe, again, if we're prepared, this is going to be a good year. If, if. I don't believe in just saying stuff. Like, you have to do things if it's going to, you got to act it out if you're going to, like, claim it, you know. So we can't just claim a good year and just still be disobedient to <laughs> the Bible. It's not going to work. You can't. I don't believe in magic. I believe in obedience. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how things happen. 
So, yes, it's going to be a good year if we are prepared for the winds ahead. If we're not prepared, then we might get blown away. I don't want that to happen to any of us. So let me pray. Father, thank you again for your presence. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for preparing us. Lord, thank you for reminding us or introducing yourself as this as this winnower, Lord, this person with a winnowing fork, Lord, tossing up the wheat and letting the wind blow away the chaff, Lord. Let that image, Lord, really sit in our hearts this year. Lord, we know you as, as king, and we, we've, we've heard you as, as the sacrificial lamb, and we've heard you as teacher, but Lord, let us see you as harvester this year. Let us know you as someone who is preparing your harvest, Lord, and allowing the wind to do its job, God. So as we encounter winds, Lord, of all types, Lord, Lord, let us remember that it's it's preparing us, Lord, and that it's 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 proving to us that 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 we are true to God and we are rooted in him and we have the firm foundation, Lord, to where we will not be uh, tossed to and fro like so many are experiencing God. And Lord, for those who are being tossed, Lord, let them be like Peter and return, God. Lord, let them be like Peter that even though they lost it for a bit, they came back, Lord, and they were able to strengthen their brethren, Lord, like Peter was able to do. Father, I pray that over so many people, both in our community and outside, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we move into this year, we move forward with faith, expecting great things. Lord, and knowing that you love us enough to prepare us for the winds that, that, are, that are happening. God, so I pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to, to bow your head and close your eyes really quickly. And I just want to pray. Before I pray, I do want to see if there's any people here that are ready to get their lives rooted in Jesus in a way that's going to change your life, in a way that's going to actually affect your decisions and, 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 and really the way you think and the way you process information, the way that you navigate your relationships. If you're ready for Jesus to lead you, I just want to see a quick hand. Just put your hand up. Every, every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. So cool. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. People are deciding. People are deciding. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. You can put your hands down. Awesome. All right, let's stand up. I'm going to pray. We are going to join the ones who put their hands up to pray. And we're going to pray the prayer of salvation. And those of you who put your hands up, you're going to have your brothers and sisters praying along with you because we actually have to make this decision every day ourselves. So let's let's pray. Say, say Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and was raised from the dead on the third day. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person in Christ. Say, Lord Jesus, I choose you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. 
so I can live for you every day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's celebrate salvation. Let's celebrate being rooted in truth, being rooted in the word of God. If you said yes to Jesus, congratulations. We've got some resources for you. If you just send a text to, uh, uh, sorry, 77411. If you text this number and put yes to Jesus, we'll send you back some scriptures where you can get a strong start on your walk with Jesus. We also have leaders that are going to be here to offer prayer for anyone, whether you receive Jesus for the first time or not. We're here to pray for you. We have uh, next steps right after service. I'm going to talk about the vision of the church. So if you want to be a part of that, see us in the back to the right. We'll keep you not too long, but we just want to get you more connected to the church. And then lastly, if you want to give, thank you in advance. You can give online. You can give on your phone. Or we have the finance team in the back with buckets. They'll be happy to collect your offering. I love you guys. I'm honored that you spent your first Sunday of 2022 here with us. And let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for today. Lord, bless everyone. Lord, I pray, Lord, that we will be rooted and able to withstand the wind of the day. Lord, bring us back safely and help us to grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great morning. Great day.